Shalom. My name is Adam, and I welcome you to the parable of the vineyard. Every day, Yahuwah is waking up a remnant, a group of people who are coming out of deceptions, realizing our walk is to consist of faith and obedience to His righteous commands. Each week, we read through and examine a portion of the Torah, allowing the Spirit of the Most High to guide, teach, and open our eyes and ears to the wondrous matters out of His law. Join us as we seek to be refined by His Word, preparing ourselves for the return of our King of Kings, being faithful and obedient, walking in His way, truth, and life. Shabbat Shalom and welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream of our Torah portion reading. My name is Adam, your host, and this is week nine. It's going to cover Genesis 37, 1 through 40, 23. Pretty much mostly about Joseph. It, the dreams, the coat of many colors, being sold into slavery, Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife. A little story about Judah and Tamar, uh, also a bit interesting. But there's so many things to, to learn here. And in case you're new, what we do is we read a portion of the Torah each week. And we're like, how do we grow from this? How can we learn? What lessons are to be learned? How can we apply this to our life? Um, and we just like to dig in. Also, we like to dig into the history of things. We research other um, parallel books uh, that are mentioned like in the scriptures, Jasher and others. And I just pray that this would be a blessing for you. Let's read the scriptures together and let's grow together. That's the goal here. Let's pray. Father Yahweh Most High, we just come before you and bless you in Yahusha's name and we thank you for the Shabbat. We thank you for this week, Father, whether it was uh, brought challenges or testings, Father, we're just we're thankful for, for everything, including those tests, because we know that we grow uh, and get closer to you through them, Father. And we just ask that you would just bless us and we thank you for Messiah, our, our atonement, our forgiveness, the word. And we're just thankful for you. Oh, yeah. We bless you in Yahushua's mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, a little shofar. So good. Let's, uh, you want to you wanna do shofars together? Wake up. All right. Here we go. Genesis. Oh, not Genesis 1 1. Here we are. 37 1. My apologies. Okay, let's do this. Genesis 37 1. Uh oh. What did I do? Did I do something? Okay, it looks like we're good. Genesis 37 verse 1. We're going to be talking all about Yosef. Let's do it. And Yaakov dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Yaakov. Yosef, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's woman. And Yosef brought unto his father their evil report. Let's talk about this evil report because it doesn't really explain what the evil report was. We're going to look at uh, Testament of Gad. Chapter 1, verse 2 through 10. Hearken, my children, I was the ninth son born to Jacob, and I was valiant in keeping the flocks. Accordingly, I guarded at night the flock, 
And whenever the lion came, or the wolf, or any wild beast against the fold, I pursued it, and overtaking it, I seized its foot with my hand and hurled it about a stone's throw, and so killed it. Now Yosef, my brother, was feeding the flock with us for upward of thirty days, and being young, he fell sick by reason of the heat. And he returned to Hebron to our father, who made him lie down near him, because he loved him greatly. And Yosef told our father that the sons of Zilpah and Bilhah were slaying the best of the flock and eating them against the judgment of Reuben and Judah. For he saw that I had delivered a lamb out of the mouth of a bear and put the bear to death, but had slain the lamb, being grieved concerning that it could not live and that we had eaten it. And regarding this matter, I was wroth with Joseph until the day that he was sold, and the spirit of hatred was in me, and I wished not either to hear of Joseph with the ears or see him with the eyes, because he rebuked us to our faces, saying that we were eating of the flock without Judah. For whatsoever things he told our father, he believed him. So this is the evil report uh, that was told here, and I want to share that with you because it's it was not written in the Torah exactly what that evil report was. So let's keep going. Now, Yasharel, or Israel, loved Yosef more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And this is something that I hadn't thought of until this year. Um, just want to share some, some scriptures with you. Because, think about this. Our Heavenly Father, and we're supposed to be His children, and I don't know, it doesn't necessarily say he ages, so he's. we wouldn't be the sons of, I mean, would we be the sons of his old age? If we're right at the end, I don't know, would we be the sons of his old age? I don't know, but it reminded me of this passage, and I just wanted to read it anyways. I like reading scripture. In case you're new, we just like to read a lot of scripture here. Second Esdras 5, 41-55, just in case you're new, Second Esdras was included in the 1611 KJV under the Apocrypha section in the 1599 Geneva and many other Bibles. This was considered scripture for a long time. Mid the mid-1800s, it was taken out of the Bible. So anyways, and I said, but yet, behold, O Master, you do have charge of those who are alive at the end, but what will those do who were before us, or we, or those who come after us? He said to me, I shall liken my judgment to a circle. Just as for those who are last, there is no slowness. No, yes. So for those who are first, there is no haste. Then I answered and said, Could you not have created at one time those who have been and those who are and those who will be, that you might show your judgment the sooner? He replied to me and said, The creation cannot make more haste than the Creator. Neither can the world hold at one time those who have been created in it. And I said, how have you said to your servant that you will certainly give life at one time to your creation? He's talking about the resurrection. If therefore all creatures will live at one time and the creation will sustain them, it might even now be able to support all of them present at one time. He said to me, ask a woman's womb and say to it, if you bear 10 children, why one after another? requested therefore to produce ten at one time i said of course it cannot but only each in its own time he said to me even so have i given the womb of the earth to those who from time to time are sown in it for as an infant does not bring forth and a woman who has become old does not bring forth any longer so have i organized the world which i created then i inquired and said since you have now given me the opportunity let me speak before you is our mother of whom you have told me still young or is she now approaching old age he replied to me, Ask a woman who bears children, and she will tell you. Say to her, Why are those whom you have borne recently not like those whom you bore before, but smaller in stature? And she said, And she herself will answer you. 
Those born in the strength of youth are different from those born during the time of old age when the womb is failing. Which makes me, you know, this always made me wonder about the end times generation. It says that things would be worse than it ever has in time. Evil continually, um, well, like the days of Noah, right? And if we really are at the end, which I think a lot of people would agree, we've got to be at the end. Think about this now. So let me read this again. Verse 53. And she herself will answer you. Those born in the strength of youth are different from those born during the time of old age when the womb is failing. Therefore, you also should consider that you and your contemporaries are smaller in stature than those who were before you. And those who will come after you will be smaller than you as born of a creation which already is aging and passing the strength of youth. So this is thousands of years ago. So we're, we're thousands of years past this time. Uh, or in the future, and so it's when we read it, you see it says smaller than you, and, and I think naturally we would think, oh, height, size, maybe, maybe, maybe creation is getting smaller and smaller and smaller over time, maybe, um, but maybe it's, you know strength, um, maybe in in physical strength, maybe in uh, in mental capacity uh maybe in in the the who knows it's just interesting but it reminds me of um actually i'll just try to look it up it's in revelation 3 i know it's the church of philadelphia it reminds me this to the angel of church of the philadelphia so this is revelation 3 7 these things says he that is holy he that is true he that has the key of david he that opens and no man shuts and shuts and no man opens i know your works behold i have set before you an open door and no man can shut it for you have had little strength and i've kept my word and have not denied my name so i i, I just wonder i and i do believe the church of philadelphia can span from the time that this was written thousands of years ago to, to now to now um but I just wonder if a large portion of Philadelphia is here in these last days. For this, there's a group of people. Maybe there's a little strength. Maybe, maybe we don't have the same strength that we see that the apostles did. Because if you look at this word for strength, it's the same word that was used when it said that Messiah gave them great power to do miracles and things like that. So I just wonder: Are we in the last times, and are we these people that have had little strength? but have still kept his word and has not denied his name. And I'm not going to sit here and prop us up as anything special because I know some of you out there have probably lived, maybe lived really good life, good, clean lives. Maybe you were in, 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 Christi in Christianity and you did the best you could from what you understood and you just didn't understand the Sabbath, but now that you do, you're doing it. But I've also known that a large portion of, of the people that are, are being called today uh, are extremely undeserving because of the lives that we lived. I'm one of them. Um, I've shared very openly that I did not live a good life at all before the Most High called me back to Him through His Son. But you have here in the end days a people so undeserving, and I just wonder, I just wonder if He selected a group of people like this, a group of, for the most part, nobodies, at least according to the world, who have had little strength, and have all the temptations in the world in their faces. I mean, if you think about it, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to puff ourselves up or blow up our heads. I'm just trying to look at this um, really from this perspective. We're living in a time where the temptations, I think, are greater than any other time in the world. Just 
everything from what we're taught in the education system, the medical system, uh, how people dress, what's on, what was on tele, what was in front of our faces and television for years, the kind of food that's being shoved down our our throats. Uh, I, I mean, just everything. Um, advertisements that just encourage you to sin and, and revel and, and live in revelry and and I mean just everything is just there at our fingertips for for pleasure for for um, works of the flesh um, anything contrary to the most high it's right there and there's a group of people that are saying I don't want to be a part of that anymore I want to follow the most high because if you think about it he he was essentially begging the children of Israel to walk in his ways. He was sending prophets and they were stoning him and killing him and crucifying them. And they, they wouldn't keep his ways. And here is, is a, a group of people that are a bunch of nobodies, if you will, according to this world, not according to Yah, that are saying, I'm good. I'm, I'm good on that stuff. I don't want it anymore. I want Yah's ways. And we're walking his ways will, uh, willfully. I'm sorry, I'm stuttering here. I'm trying to find my words here willfully. Like we're doing it out of our own heart. And I'm not, again, I'm not propping ourselves up, but I just wonder, could we be like Yosef in that it says that Yashar loved Yosef more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. Is it, is it possible that we could be sons and daughters of Yahuwah's old age? Not that he ages because I'm sure he's outside of uh, all those limitations, but in the timeline of things, are we the sons and daughters of his old age? Maybe, maybe not. This is just purely speculation. This is just like, hey, we're just hanging out in my living room and I'm just sharing some thoughts that came across when I was doing the study this week. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? This would be something I'd love to hear from you all in the comments. And this is something also while we're here, we learn, we learn from Torah things to do and things not to do. Is it okay to have a favorite, a child that's a favorite? This is something that I've posed the question over the last couple of years. And I think those of us that have multiple children, especially three or more, you sometimes, I think, will naturally see a standout child. I've got five. Uh, I'm not going to say who that child is, but I do have one of those. And I think for some time, I justified him being the favorite because I'm like, well, look, Yasharel or Israel, Jacob, a man way greater than me, more knowledgeable than me, he had a favorite, an outright favorite. And I'm like, well, I can have a favorite then. But then you look, then you really look at what that did uh, to the rest of his children. And even seeing that in my own home, uh, I've totally backed off from even showing favoritism and treating all my children equally. Um, now, when I say equally, as you know, as far as attention, those kind of things, I think we all know that our children need different types of discipline and in in care in certain ways. Um, but just having an outright favorite, I think we'll learn that in this story, that doesn't really have a good outcome because it can it it can spur jealousy and envy, those kind of things. Um, it could be a, a, a stumbling block. How about that? And we're not supposed to even make our brothers and sisters stumble how much even more our own children. So I am not judging Jacob whatsoever. I'm just thinking that I think we can maybe learn from this and be like, hey, having just an outright favorite like Joseph is probably not a good idea. So anyway, so Israel makes him a coat of many colors. 
what that exactly looked like, I would love to see that one day. Anyways, and when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto them. Now, should it have been up to them to withhold these emotions and uh, cast out these uh, spirits of um, of envy and jealousy? Oh, absolutely. Um, but was this maybe a stumbling block? Maybe as well. Again, not judging uh, anyone here. Just trying to learn and grow from this in my own life, in my own family. And Yosef dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. Behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to you to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. So we could go on a long rabbit trail about envy here, but there's really a, a, a resource for you that I would love for you. If, if this is something that you would like to learn more about, envy and jealousy, which in the day and age we live in, it's a melting pot for it with social media and uh, subscriber counts and likes and shares and follows and retweets and whatever else is out there. It's a is just a playground for envy and jealousy. It's just brewing. It's percolating out there. Um, so this is something you want to learn more about, about how to battle against, defeat, and eradicate envy or jealousy out of your life. Take a look at our Testament of Simeon study that we did maybe a couple months ago now. Uh, Testament of the Twelve Patriarchs, Testament of Simeon. We did a long line-by-line -line, uh, study on that. But in the meantime, there's a couple things I want to mention. Um, I was just thinking about, as I was reading, I was thinking about, you know, does Yah have favorites? Yeah, he does. I mean, he said to himself, Jacob, have I loved and Esau, have I hated? So when it comes to walking in righteousness and having a son, two sons, let's say having two sons and one's walking in righteousness and one does not, is it okay to favor that child that walks in the way and versus the one that doesn't? You know, this is again. This is this is something that I don't feel. Conf I don't feel that I'm the right person to say yes or no because we can make a case scripturally for both. Yah has favorites, and he's allowed to do that. Israel had favorites, and he's allowed to do that. Having you know favorites in our own home, I just don't know. Um, I can certainly see if one child is a standout and like does the d does all their chores on time and without asking and cleans their room and and sharing that example with the other children and rewarding that child and the other children and seeing that you know I think that's just part of of growing up and 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 learning anyways I would really love to hear I would really love to hear from you I don't ask for comments very often cuz I think some people just ask for comments just to ask but I really I really like to hear from you on this I really want to, I'm gonna try to pay attention to the comment section on this video a little more I want to hear what you all think when it comes to having a favorite in the house letting it be open maybe because of righteousness sake maybe not maybe completely staying away from from having this I'm just curious what you all think so anyways let's um uh, 
let's read the uh, Jasher uh, portion here. Well, actually, there's just two verses here. This is around the same time frame. Jasher 41, 2 through 3. And it was in those days and that year being the 106th year of the life of Jacob and the 10th year of Jacob's coming from Padan Aram that Leah, the wife of Jacob, died. She was 51 years old when she died in Hebron. And Jacob and his sons buried her in the cave of the field of Machpelah, which is in Hebron, which Abraham had bought from the children of Heth for the possession of a burial place. So Jacob has a rough life. Lots of toil, lots of, lots of ups and downs, lots of trials. And we look at our life and we're like, why me? Right? But no, this is our portion. We're supposed to be Israel. And we look at the life of Israel. And, and later on, at the end of this book, end of Genesis, we see he stands before Pharaoh and he's like, my years have been short and compared to my father's and full of toil and full of sorrow. And he's like, I've had a rough life. And he did. He did. Any case, all right. Genesis thirty-seven twelve. And his brethren went to feed their flocks in Shechem. And Yashrael said unto Eliosef, Do not your brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send you unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray you, see whether it be well with your brethren and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What do you seek? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray you, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Yosef went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer comes. Now therefore, let us slay him. And cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast has devoured him, and we shall see what becomes of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him into his father again. And it came to pass, when Yosef was come unto his brethren, that they stripped Yosef out of his coat, and his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him, and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Yishmaelim, Yishmaelite, Ishmaelites, came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Mitzrayim. And Yehuda said unto his brethren, what profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelim, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content. Then there passed by Midianim merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Yosef out of the pit, and sold Yosef to the Ishmaelim for twenty pieces of silver, and they brought Yosef into Mitzrayim. And Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Yosef was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes. And he returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not, and I, where shall, where shall I go? And they took Yosef's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And this is something we pointed out a couple por portions ago when Jacob was stealing uh, or, or getting the blessing. And he was, um, he was tricking his father or um, deceiving his father, if you want to say. It was used with what? the slaying of a goat, right? And um, anyways, as we said, mentioned before, perhaps the deceiver gets deceived later on in the future. 
and by even by the same means. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Know now whether it be your son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast has devoured him. Yosef is without doubt rent in pieces. And Yaakov rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I will go down into Sheol unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And the Midianim sold him unto Mitzrayim, unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. So let's read a couple other accounts here. We have uh, Jasher 41, 19 through 40 through 34. Uh, let's see. And, Jake, or 21. and Jacob sent his son Joseph to the valley of Hebron. And Joseph came for his brothers to Shechem and could not find him there cannot find them. And Joseph went about the field which was near Shechem to see where his brothers had turned, and he missed his road in the wilderness and knew not which way he should go. And an angel of Yahuwah found him wandering in the road toward the field, and Joseph said unto the angel of Yahuwah, I seek my brethren. Have you not heard where they are feeding? And the angel of Yahuwah said unto Joseph, I saw your brethren feeding here, and I heard them say that they would go feed in Dotham. And Joseph hearkened to the voice of the angel of Yahuwah, and he went to his brethren in Dotham and found them in Dotham feeding the flock. And Joseph advanced to his brethren, and before he had come nigh unto them, they had resolved to slay him. And Simeon said to his brethren, Behold, the man of dreams is coming unto this this day. And now therefore come, let us kill him, and cast him in one of the pits that are in the wilderness. And when his father shall seek him from us, we will say an evil beast has devoured him. And Reuben heard the words of his brethren concerning Joseph, and he said unto them, You should not do this thing, for how can we look up to our father Jacob? Cast him into this pit to die there, but stretch not forth a hand upon him to spill his blood. And Reuben said this in order to deliver him from their hand, to bring him back to his father. And when Yosef came to his brethren, he sat before them, and they rose upon him, and seized him, and smote him to the earth, and stripped the coat of many colors which he had on. And they took him, and cast him into a pit. And in the pit there was no water, but serpents and scorpions. And Joseph was afraid of the serpents and scorpions that were in the pit. Yeah, I would be too. No, no, thank you. And Joseph cried out with a loud voice. And Yahweh hid the serpents and scorpions in the sides of the pit. And they did no harm unto Joseph. And Joseph called out from the pit to his brethren and said unto them, What have I done unto you? And in what have I sinned? Why do you not fear Yahweh concerning me? Am I not one? Of, am I not of your bones and your flesh? And is not Jacob your father my father? Why do you do this thing unto me this day? And how will you be able to look upon our father Jacob? And he continued to cry out and call unto his brethren from the pit. And he said, O Judah, Simeon, and Levi, my brethren, lift me up from the place of darkness in which you have placed me. And come this day to have compassion on me, ye children of Yahuwah, and the sons of Jacob my father. And if I have sinned unto you, are you not the sons of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? If they saw an orphan, they had compassion over him. Or one that was hungry, they gave him bread to eat. Or one that was thirsty, they gave him water to drink. Or one that was naked, they covered him with garments. And how then will you withhold your pity from your brother? For I am of your flesh and bones, and if I have sinned unto you, surely you will do this on account of my father. And Yosef spoke these words from the pit, and his brethren could not listen to him, nor incline their ears to the words of Yosef. And Yosef was crying and weeping in the pit. And Yosef said, Oh, that my father knew this day the act which my brothers have done unto me, and the words which they have this day spoken unto me. 
And all his brethren heard his cries and weeping in the pit, and his brethren and went and removed themselves from the pit, so that they might not hear the cries of Yosef and his weeping in the pit. So that was Jasher 41. Okay. Let's go to, now we're going to go to the Testament of Joseph, chapter 2, verses 3 through 12. And wherever the Most High dwells, even though envy or slavery or slander befalls a man, Yahuwah who dwells in him for the sake of his chastity will not only deliver him from evil, but also exalt him even as me. For in every way the man is lifted up, whether in deed or in word or in thought. My brethren knew how my father loved me, and yet I did not exalt myself in my mind. Although I was a child, I had the fear of Elohim in my heart, for I knew that all things would pass away. And I did not raise myself against them with evil intent, but I honored my brethren. And out of respect for them, even when I was being sold, I refrained from telling the Ishmaelites that I was a son of Jacob, a great man and a mighty. Do you also, my children, have the fear of Elohim in all your works before your eyes, and honor your brethren? For everyone who does the Torah of Yahuwah shall be loved by him. And when I came to the Indocolopet, Endocolopite. Sorry, I don't know this word. How did I not see this earlier? I don't know what this word means. An indigo blue variety of... I don't know. It's not even... We'll just keep going. And when I came to the such and such with the Ishmaelites, they asked me saying, are you not a slave? And I said that I was a home-born slave that I might not put my brother into shame. So he covered for his brother. And even though they did this crazy act to him, he covered them. We're going to read Gad 2, 3. And Judah sold him secretly to the Ishmaelites for 30 pieces of, of gold or silver. And he hid 10 pieces and showed only 20 to our brothers. So it's kind of interesting because it says that he was sold for 20. The Testament of Gad says that he sold him for 30 but hid 10 pieces. And I find this interesting because, well, for a couple of reasons. Messiah, Matthew twenty six fifteen says, And it said to them, What will you give me? This is not Messiah. This is Judas Iscariot. What will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted him for thirty pieces of silver. Zechariah 11. And I said unto them, If you think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price thirty pieces of silver. And Yahweh said to me, Cast it unto the potter, a goodly price that I was prized at of them. And I took the thirty pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of Yahuwah. So we know that Messiah was sold for thirty pieces of silver. And it's interesting because we know that Joseph was a foreshadow of Messiah. And I thought that was interesting that the Testament of Gad said that he was sold for 30 pieces, but only but 10 were held back. This is Testament of Benjamin, chapter 1, verse 18 through 27. At least in this version. There's other, other versions have different chapter breaks. For Joseph also besought our father that he would pray for his brethren, that Yahuwah would not impute to them as sin whatever evil they had done unto him. This is powerful. This is uh, the same stuff that Messiah did right on the cross. He's like, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. Stephen being stoned, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. 
Joseph, you know, pray, you know, forgive them. And thus Jacob cried out, My good child, you have prevailed over the bowels of your father, Jacob. And he embraced him and kissed him for two hours, saying, In you shall be fulfilled the prophecy of heaven concerning the Lamb of Elohim and Savior of the world, and that a blameless one shall be delivered up for lawless men, and a sinless one shall die for ungodly men in the blood of the covenant, for the salvation of the nations and of Israel, and shall destroy Beliar and his servants. Hallelujah. See, therefore, my children, the end of a good man. Be followers of his compassion, therefore, with a good mind, that you also may wear crowns of glory. For the good man has not a dark eye, for he shows mercy to all men, even though they be sinners. And though they devise with evil intent concerning him, by doing good he overcomes evil, being shielded by Elohim, and loves the righteous as his own soul. If anyone is glorified, he envies him not. If anyone is enriched, he is not jealous. If anyone is valiant, he praises him. The virtuous man he lauds. On the poor man he has mercy, and on the weak he has compassion, and unto Elohim he sings praises. And him that has the grace of a good spirit, he loves as his own soul. These are just words of life, brothers and sisters. Words of life. Testament of Simeon, chapter 1, verse 7 through 20. For in the time of my youth, I was jealous in many things of Yosef because my father loved him beyond all. And I set my mind against him to destroy him because the prince of deceit sent forth the spirit of jealousy and blinded my mind, so that I regarded him not as a brother, nor did I spare even Jacob my father. But his Elohim and the Elohim of his fathers sent forth his angel and delivered him out of my hands. For when I went to Shechem to bring ointment for the flocks and Reuben to Dotham, where were our necessaries, necessaries and all of our stores, Judah, my brother, sold him to the Ishmaelites. And when Reuben heard these things, he was grieved, for he wished to restore him to his father. But on hearing this, I was exceedingly wroth against Judah, in that he let him go away alive. For five months I continued wrathful against him. But Yahweh restrained me and withheld me from the power of my hands, for my right hand was half withered for seven days. And I knew, my children, that because of Yosef this had befallen me, and I repented and wept. And I besought Yahweh Elohim that my hand might be restored, and that I might hold aloof from all pollution and envy and from all folly. For I knew that I had devised an evil thing before Yahweh and Yaakov my father, on account of Yosef my brother, and that I envied him. And now, my children, hearken unto me, and beware of the spirit of deceit and envy. For envy rules over the whole mind of a man, and suffers him neither to eat nor to drink, nor to do any good thing. But it ever suggests to him to destroy him that he envies. And so long as he that is envied flourishes, he that envies fades away. Two years, therefore, I afflicted my soul with fasting in the fear of Yahuwah. And I learned that deliverance from envy comes by the fear of Elohim. For if a man flee to Yahuwah, the evil spirit runs away from him, and his mind is lightened. And henceforward he sympathizes with him who he envied, and forgives those who are hostile to him, and so ceases from his envy. Again, if you want more on that, take a look at the Testament of Simeon uh, study we did a few months ago. We're going to look at the Testament of Zebulun, chapter 1, verses 5 through 20. I am not conscious that I have sinned all my days, save in thought, nor yet do I remember that I have done any iniquity except the sin of ignorance which I committed against Yosef. For I covenanted with my brethren not to tell my father what had been done. I, but I wept in secret many days on account of Yosef, for I feared my brethren, because they had all agreed that if anyone should declare the secret, he should be slain. But when they wished to kill him, I adjured them with, with tears not to be guilty of this sin. 
For Simeon and Gad came against Joseph to kill him. And he said unto them with tears, Pity me, my brethren. Have mercy upon the bowels of Jacob our father. Lay not upon me your hands to shed innocent blood, for, for I have not sinned against you. And if indeed I have sinned, with chastening chastise me, my brethren. This is kind of a second witness to Yashar. But lay not upon me your hand for the sake of Jacob our father. And as he spoke these words, wailing as he did so, I was unable to bear his lamentations, and began to weep, and my liver was poured out, and all the substance of my bowels was loosened. And I wept with Yosef, and my heart sounded, and the joints of my body trembled, and I was not able to stand. And when Yosef saw me weeping with him, and them coming against him to slay him, he fled behind me, beseeching them. But meanwhile Reuben arose and said, Come, my brethren, let us not slay him, but let us cast him into one of these dry pits, which our father digged, and found no water. For this cause, Yahweh forbade that water should rise up in them in order that Yosef should be preserved. And they did so until they sold him to the Ishmaelites. For in his price I had no share in my children. But Simeon and Gad and six others of our brethren took the price of Yosef and bought sandals for themselves and their wives and their children, saying, We will not eat of it, for it is the price of our brother's blood. But we will assuredly tread it underfoot, because he said that he would be king over us, and so let us see what will become of his dreams. Therefore it is written in the Torah that whoever will not raise up seed to his brother, his sandals should be unloosed, and that they should spit in his face. So just wanted to read more of these confirming stories and just more details of what was really going on here, because this, this is a big moment here. Uh, let's look at uh, Jasher 42.25-29. through 29. 25 through 29. This is on the road with the Ishmaelites. And they are, let's see, on the Midianites. The Midianites went on their road to Gilead, and the Ishmaelites took Yosef, and they led him right upon one of the camels, and they were leading him to Egypt. And Yosef heard that the Ishmaelites were proceeding to Egypt, and Yosef lamented and wept at this thing, that he was to be so far removed from the land of Canaan from his father, and he wept bitterly whilst he was riding upon the camel. And one of their men observed him, and made him go down from the camel, and walk on foot. And notwithstanding this, Yosef continued to cry and weep, and he said, O oh, my father, O oh, my father. And one of the Ishmaelites rose up and smote Yosef upon the cheek, and he still continued to weep. And Yosef was fatigued in the road, and was unable to proceed on account of the bitterness of his soul. And they all smote him, and afflicted him in the road, and they terrified him, in order that he might cease from his weeping. And Yahweh saw the ambition of Yosef and his trouble, and Yahweh brought down upon those men darkness and confusion in the hand of everyone that smote him because became withered, much like Simeon's did, which we read earlier. And they said to each other, What is this thing that Elohim has done unto us in the road? And they knew not that this befell them on account of Yosef. And the men proceeded on the road, and they passed along the road of Ephrathah, where Rachel was buried. Let's go down here to verse 44. And Yahweh saw Yosef's affliction, and Yahuwah again smote these men and chastised them. And Yahuwah caused darkness to envelop them upon the earth. And the lightning flashed and the thunder roared. And the earth shook at the voice of the thunder and of the mighty wind. And the men were terrified and knew not where they should go. And the beasts and camels stood still and they led them. But they would not go. They smote them and they crouched upon the ground. And the men said to each other, What is this that Elohim has done to us? What are our transgressions, and what are our sins that this thing has bef thus befallen us? And one of them answered and said unto them, Perhaps on account of the sin of afflicting this slave, this thing has happened to this, us this day. 
Now, therefore, implore him strongly to forgive us, and then we shall know on whose account this evil befalls us. And if Elohim shall have compassion over us, then we shall know that all this comes to us on account of the sin of afflicting the slave. And the men did so. And they supplicated Yosef and pressed him to forgive them. And they said, We have sinned to Yahuwah and to you. Now therefore, vouchsafe to request of your Elohim that he shall put away this death from amongst us, for we have sinned to him. Here, Yosef the merciful, right? And Yosef did according to their words, and Yahuwah hearkened to Yosef. And Yahuwah put away the plague which he had inflicted upon those men on account of Yosef. And the beasts rose up from the ground, and they conducted them. And they went on, and the raging storm abated, and the earth became tranquilized. And the men proceeded on their journey to go down to Egypt, and the men knew that this evil had befallen them on account of Yosef. All right, last thing, uh, and we'll finish up with 37 here. We're going to read just a couple verses from the Targums. 37, 1 through 2. And Jacob dwelt in the land of the sojourning of his fathers in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Yosef was a son of 17 years. He had come forth from the school and was a youth brought up with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Yosef brought their evil report, for he had seen them eat the flesh that had been torn by the wild beasts, the ears and the tails, and he came and told it to his father. So kind of a similar story to um, the one we read in Yeshar earlier. And it says here, And Yashrael loved Yosef more than all his sons, because the likeness of Yosef resembled his own, and he made him a figured robe. So, again, the question. Favorites, yes or no? I want to hear from you all on this one. All right, Genesis 38. Judah and Tamar. And it came to pass at that time that Yehuda went down from his brethren and turned into a certain Adulamite, whose name was Hira, Shira. And Yehuda saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite, whose name was Shuach. And he took her and went in unto her. And which we know was not good because we know that Abraham, um, when getting a wife for for uh, for Isaac, was very clear do not of the not of the Canaanites, and we saw that uh, Esau had married uh, the Canaanite women, and Isaac and Rebekah were wearied on account of this. But it, we're going to read why why Judah did this. Uh, from the Testament of Judah here in just a moment. So, and Yehuda saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shuach, and he took her and went unto her. And she conceived and bore a son, and he called his name Ur. And she conceived again and bore a son, and she called his name Onan. And she yet again conceived and bore a son and called his name Shelach. And he was at Keziv when she bore him. And Yehuda took a woman for Ur, his firstborn, whose name was Tamar. And Ur, Yahudah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of Yahuwah, and Yahuwah slew him. And Yahudah said unto Onan, Go in unto your brother's woman, and marry her, and raise up seed to your brother. And Onan knew that the seed should not be his, and it came to pass, when he went unto his brother's woman, that he spilled it on the ground, lest that he should give his seed to his brother. And the thing which he did displeased Yahuwah, wherefore he slew him also. Then said Yahudah to Tamar his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow at your father's house, till Shalach my son be grown. For he said, Lest perchance he die also, as his brethren did. And Tamar went and dwelt in her father's house. I'm going to pause here real quickly. Um, this is not conclusive evidence, but we see here that spilling seed infuriated the Most High. So, um, if you have young children that don't want to hear this, I'm not going to be very explicit, but um, 
going to speak in general generalities here, but um, this would be a good opportunity to excuse him for just literally 30 seconds. Okay. So we talked about this last year and it's Shabbat. I don't want to get too gross or weird here, but I don't think this is, I, I, I'm at a point where I believe that seed, you know what I'm talking about, should be reserved for the marriage bed and for, yeah, going where it's supposed to go and not on the floor. And I think this goes into a deeper question about, um, you know, I don't know if I'd say the word. When, when, when someone does it just for themselves and for their own pleasure, would that infuriate? Yeah. I think I'm, I've gotten to a point here where I believe that seed is just for where it's supposed to be. And um, I think we should flee anything else, any other activity. That's just where I'm at. Just, uh, again, I'm, I'm just your brother, just sharing what I believe Yah has put on my heart. And if I'm wrong, may Yah forgive me and may you all forgive me. But this is, I'm sharing, I'm here to share that if that's something you're still participating in, please pray about it. Please take it to Yah. And if you need help, there's a video we did uh, maybe a year or two now called Breaking Lusts, Breaking Addictions, Breaking Lusts. Uh, it's I think it's in our um, the basics playlist if you want to look at that if you need some if you need some the right scriptures and guidance of how to break these things all right moving on kids back in the room Genesis 38 12 and in the process of time the daughter of Shuach Yehuda's woman died and Yehuda was comforted and went up into his sheep shearers to Timnah Timnatha and his friend Shira the Adulamite and it was told Tamar, saying, Behold, your father-in-law goes up to Timnah to shear his sheep. And she put her widow's garments off from her and covered her with a veil and wrapped herself and sat in an open place, which is by the way to Timnah. For she saw that Shalach was grown and she was not given unto him to be his woman. Because he had promised her. He's like, you know, I'll give, I'm going to give you to your, the next, uh, next uh, in line, which will be Shalach when he's grown up because he was too young at that point. And when Yahuda saw her, he thought her to be a harlot because she had covered her face. And he turned unto her by the way and said, Go to, I pray you, let me come in unto you. For he knew not that she was his daughter-in-law. And she said, What will you give me that you, that you may come in unto me? And he said, I will send you a kid from the flock. And she said, Will you give me a pledge till you send it? And he said, What pledge shall I give you? And she said, Your signet and your bracelets and your staff that is in your hand. And he gave it her, and he came in unto her, and she conceived by him. And she arose and went away and laid by her veil, and laid by her veil from her, and put on the garments of her widowhood. And Yehuda sent the kid by the hand of his friend the Adulamite to receive his pledge from the woman's hand, but he found her not. Then he asked the men of that place, saying, Where is the harlot that was openly by the wayside? And they said, There was no harlot in this place. And he returned to El Yehuda. And said, I cannot find her. And also the men of the place said that there was no harlot in this place. And Yehuda said, Let her take it to her, lest we be shamed. Behold, I sent this kid, and you have not found her. And it came to, about, it came to pass about three months after that it was told Yehuda, saying, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has played the harlot. And also, behold, she is with child by whoredom. 
And Yahuda said, bring her forth and let her be burnt. I think of the Targums here, it says, because she's a daughter of a priest. Uh, oops, 38. And it was said at the time of three months, uh, let's see. She's with child by fornication. And Yehuda said, is she not the daughter of a priest? Let her be brought forth and burned. Because I always wondered, like, why would he, like, why would he command her to be burnt? Well, it's part of the Torah. A daughter of a priest who is a harlot is to be burnt. And when she was brought forth, she sent to her father-in-law, saying, By the man whose these are, am I with child? And she said, Discern, I pray you. Whose are these, the signet and bracelets and staff? And Yahuda acknowledged them and said, She had been, has been more righteous than I, because that I gave her not to Shelach my son, and he knew her again no more. And it came to pass in the time of her travail that, behold, twins were in her room. Room. Womb. And it came to pass when she travailed that the one put out his hand, and the midwife took and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread, saying, this came out first. And it came to pass, as he drew back his hand, that, behold, his brother came out. And she said, How have you broken forth? This breach be upon you. Therefore his name was called Peretz. And afterward came out his brother, that had the scarlet thread upon his hand, and his name was called Zerach. So, let's keep going here. Let's take a look at Judah 2, 10 through 31. So we're going to read about more the the background to this story. And after these things, my son Ur took to wife Tamar from Mesopotamia, a daughter of Aram. Now Ur was wicked, and he was in need concerning Tamar, because she was not of the land of Canaan. And on the third night, an angel of Yahweh smote him. And he had not known her according to the evil craftiness of his mother, for he did not wish to have children by her. In the days of the wedding feast, I gave Onan to her in marriage, and he also in wickedness knew her not, though he spent a year with her. And when I threatened him, he went in unto her, but spilled the seed on the ground according to the command of his mother, and he also died through wickedness. And I wished to give Shelah also to her, but his mother did not permit it, for she wrought evil against Tamar, because she was not of the daughters of Canaan, as she also herself was." And I knew that the race of the Canaanites was wicked, but the impulse of youth blinded my mind. And when I saw her pouring out wine, owing to the intoxication of wine, I was deceived and took her, although my father had not counseled it. And while I was away, she went and took for Shelah a wife from Canaan. And when I knew what she had done, I cursed her in the anguish of my soul. And she also died through her wickedness together with her sons. And after these things, while Tamar was a widow, she had heard after two years that I was going up to shear my sheep and adorn herself in bridal array and sat in the city of Enaim by the gate. For it was a law of the Amorites. Listen to this. It was a law of the Amorites that she who was about to marry should sit in fornication seven days by the gate. Like before you're married, you go be a harlot for seven days. Like just the backwards laws of, of some of these nations. Therefore, being drunk with wine, I did not recognize her, and her beauty deceived me through the fashion of her adorning. And I turned aside to her and said, Let me go in unto you. And she said, What will you give me? And I gave her my staff and my girdle and the diadem of my kingdom and pledge. And I went unto her, and she conceived. And not knowing what I had done, I wished to slay her. But she privily sent my pledges and put me to shame. And when I called her, 
I heard also the secret words with which I spoke lying with her in my drunkenness, and I could not slay her because it was from Yahuwah. For I said, lest happily she did it in subtlety, having received the pledge from another woman. But I came not again near her while I lived, because I had done this abomination in all Israel. Anyways. So, yeah. Um, Jasher 45, 23-24. And in those days Judah went from the house of Shem and took Tamar, the daughter of Elon, the son of Shem, for a wife for his firstborn Ur. Yeah. And Ur came to his wife Tamar, and she became his wife. And when he came to her, he outwardly destroyed his seed. And his work was evil in the sight of Yahuwah, and Yahuwah slew him. So, well, there you go. All right, chapter 39. Back to Yosef. All right. And Yosef was brought down to Mitzrayim, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, a Mitzrite, Brought him of the hands of the Ish- bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelim, which had brought him down thither. And Yahuwah was with Yosef, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master the Mitzrite. And his master saw that Yahuwah was with him, and that Yahuwah made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Want to prosper? So here we have Yosef prospering even in this situation, being sold into slavery, being in Potiphar's house. Let's read a little bit more. So think about this. Do you think Yosef, in, in Potiphar's house, do you think Yosef was like, just like, oh, I shouldn't be here and oh, kicking rocks and like, oh, I hate this job and oh, I'm, I should... I'm not a I'm not a slave. I'm I'm a, I'm a son of Jacob, and I, I shouldn't be here, and and I deserve better. Or do you think he like girded up his loins, and was like, had a good attitude, and sought Yahuwah and trusted in Yahuwah, and was the best slave, period that Potiphar had, running circles around everyone. Happy to be wake up and happy to be ready for work, thankful to be alive. It makes me think of our jobs today. We may not be doing what we want, but I think in any given time, we should be happy that we're able to provide for our families, for ourselves, for our families, for others. Colossians 3.23, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to Yahuwah and not unto men. I was talking to a brother just the other day, and he was having problems at work and just asking for some advice and I just really think that what he needed to hear and maybe someone else needs to hear out there is you may be in a job way below your potential or um, what you need to be earning or whatever. All I'm saying is when we look at the, we look at Yosef and he prospered in, in Potiphar's house and we'll see eventually here, uh, even in prison, he became the, the, the in charge of all the prisoners. So it's like wherever Yosef went, and it could have been, you know, a lot of it could have been Yah's blessing too. But I have, I believe with all my heart that Joseph had the right attitude. It's like, so it's like, even if you're out there, if you're a janitor, be the best janitor that anyone's ever seen. If you're a mail clerk, be the best mail clerk you've ever seen. If you're a data entry consultant, just do the, be the best at your job. Have the right attitude. Yeah, sure, boss, I'll take this shift that nobody wants. 
especially those of us now that don't do these pagan holidays. But sure, I'll take I'll I'll do the Christmas shift, boss. No problem. Do it with all your heart and soul and mind. First Peter two eighteen through twenty three, servants be subject to your masters with all fear. Let's let's put this in today's terms. So employees be subject to your employers with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. So even if you have an evil or a rough boss, be subject to him. Yes, sir. Absolutely, I'll take care of it. No problem. What else can I do for you, sir? And you don't have to be like excessive brown noser, but just just be that be that employee that everybody wants you to be or everybody wants be that standard because you know what here's an opportunity for you to be the light because if you're just like everyone else just kicking rocks be like oh, i hate doing concrete or i hate framing out here in the cold or whatever it is you can be you have the opportunity to be the, the stand out employee and you know you can be, be like what's different about so-and-so and maybe you have the opportunity to share well i serve the most high and he says to, you know, to serve you like I'm serving him. For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience towards Elohim endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with Elohim. And this is, this is what's going on with Yosef. He's suffering for doing well and he's taking it patiently and is acceptable to, uh, with Elohim for even here unto are we called because Messiah also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps who did no sin neither was guile found in his mouth who when he was reviled reviled not again when he suffered he threatened not but committed himself to him that judges righteously Ephesians 6 5 through 9 servants or employees be obedient to them that are your masters or employers according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto Messiah not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Messiah, doing the will of Elohim from the heart. And even when, even when you know no one's looking, when your boss will never know, no one will ever find out that you did it. Like let's say you, let's say you work, uh, let's say you work in construction, and, and and back at the the warehouse, it's just that bathroom is just disgusting, and no one's ever cleaned it, and it's like whatever. Maybe one day, just go in before everyone else. Clean it up. No one has to know it was you, but guess what? Guess who does see it was you? The Most High, because he sees everything. And, he, and, and just, all I'm saying is like, I think we have an opportunity to be lights and be great examples. Because someone, like an employee like that, is people, people would be drawn to that. Now, if you get promoted and all that kind of stuff, would other, other employees be jealous? Maybe, but you can't control that. You can't. With good will, doing service as to Yahweh, not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man does, the same shall he receive of Yahweh, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbear you employers, do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. And you know, just think about this now, thinking about the employee that is just, is just there, there on time, always prompt, early. First one there, last one to leave, always volunteering to do the things that no one, the taking the shifts or doing the things that no one else wants to do. That person's going to get promoted. So I just wonder, I wonder if it was destined, destined, I don't know if destined is the right word. I don't know if that's, maybe it's everything, this is how it's supposed to be. Maybe 
Joseph was supposed to be favored. Maybe Simeon and all these others were supposed to fall into envy and to repent and grow from these things. Maybe. I don't know. All I'm saying is back to the original point. Whatever you do, do it with all of your heart. And I think Yahuwah might just raise you up in due time, get you that promotion that you need or you deserve or the better job that you've been looking for. Who knows? Who knows? I think this is a great opportunity. This right here is really something we can glean for our daily lives everywhere. Yahuwah loves the diligent and the hard worker. Period. Even in even with Adam and Eve before they came out of the garden, what were they doing? They were working. They were tilling the ground. They weren't just sitting on like clouds and rainbows sipping like, you know, Garden of Eden cocktails. Maybe they had maybe they had yummy drinks there. I'm just saying. Like they were working. Yahuwah loves the diligent the diligent seeker, the diligent worker. Period. And so does your boss. Keep that in mind. Okay. Keep going. Genesis 39, verse 4. And Yosef found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that Yahuwah blessed the Mitzrite's house for Yosef's sake. This is the second time we've seen this. Laban, the wicked man, was blessed because of Jacob. Now Potiphar is being blessed because of Yosef being his house. And the blessing of Yahuwah was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Yosef's hand, and he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Yosef was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's woman cast her eyes upon El Yosef, and she said, Lie with me. Probably didn't sound like that, but I'm just going to say it that way. But he refused and said unto his master's woman, Behold, my master knows not what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is none greater in his house than I, neither has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his woman. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against Elohim? And it came to pass, as she spoke to El Yosef day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time that Yosef went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spoke unto them, saying, See, he has brought in an Ivri or a Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she spoke unto him according to these words, saying, The Ivri, the Hebrew servant, which you have brought unto us, came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his woman, which she spoke unto him, saying, After this manner did your servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Yosef's master took him, and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in prison. Let me ask you a question. Potiphar was the chief exe uh, executioner. If you were caught messing around with a chief executioner's wife, do you think you'd be put in prison or executed? So, what's going on here? If you want to read uh, a really interesting passage here, Ch uh, Testament of Joseph, chapter 1, 
verses 25 through 81 is a really interesting read. And there's just, there's just more things about this woman, about the different wiles she, she did. She even like sent enchanted food, uh, love potions, uh, to try to get him to, uh, to do so how she would dress, um, how she would deceive him, all kinds of things. And it just went back and forth and back and forth. Um, it's a really interesting read. So uh, if uh, if you want to go and read this, everything that I'm going over today is in the study notes, which will be in the description box uh, below here in the video. Uh, anyways, so really interesting read here. Testament of Joseph, um, at least in this version, it's chapter 1, verses 25 through 81. Anyways, it says here, and it culminates with, and Yahweh guarded me from her devices. She had all sorts of devices of trying to trick Yosef into sleeping with her. He would not do it. But Yahweh was with Yosef and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Yosef's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because Yahuwah was with him and that which he did, Yahuwah made to prosper. So here, here's Yosef who was sold because of his jealous brothers, sold to Potiphar's house, rose up to be the chief of all the servants in Potiphar's house. And then his wife lied about him and he was thrown into prison. And here in prison now, he's the chief of the prisoners. What's going on here? We're going to read Psalm 1. Eh, why don't we read verses 1 through 3? Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the Torah of Yahuwah, and in his Torah does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in a season. His leaf also shall not wither. And listen to this. Whatever he does shall prosper. Here is someone who was delighting and meditating on the Torah of Yahuwah day and night. He trusted in him. And Yah made him to prosper wherever he went. And he can do that for you as well. Now, if you're delighting in the Torah and thinking about it and you're, you're, you're a terrible employee, are you going to prosper? No. It's going to take both. This isn't some like magic thing where you just you meditate on the Torah and you're just a disgruntled worker and yet you're still going to prosper at work. You still have to be a diligent worker. But can you imagine being a diligent worker and, and, and having the right attitude and having the right characteristics and then walking in Torah as well and meditating on it day and night? You don't think that you don't think that you're going to prosper in whatever you do? I would say yes. Let's take a look at Jasher. We're going to look at Jasher 44. We're going to look at 12 through 15. And we're going to look at the Jasher um, portion here for what just happened with Potiphar's wife and Joseph. And Yahuwah was with Joseph, and he became prosperous, a prosperous man. And Yahuwah blessed the house of Potiphar for the sake of Yosef. Uh, and Potiphar left all that he had in the hand of Yosef, and Yosef was one that caused things to come in and go out, and everything was regulated by his wish in the house of Potiphar. 
And Yosef was 18 years old, a youth with beautiful eyes and of comely appearance, and like unto him was not in the whole land of Egypt. And at that time, while he was in his master's house, going in and out of the house and attending his master, Zelika, his master's wife, lifted up her eyes toward Yosef, and she looked at him, and behold, he was a youth comely and well-favored. And she coveted his beauty in her heart, and her soul was fixed upon Yosef, and she enticed him day after day, and Zelika persuaded Joseph daily. But Joseph did not lift up his eyes to behold his master's wife. We're going to skip down here to verse 55. And we're going to see why Joseph was imprisoned and not executed. Well, I will verse 54. And Joseph was afraid of her at her doing this thing, and he rose up to flee from her. And she seized the front of his garments, and in the terror of his flight, the garment with which Zelika seized was torn. And Joseph left the garment in the hand of Zelika, and he fled and got out, for he was in fear. And when Zelika saw that Yosef's garment was torn and that he had left it in her hand and had fled, she was afraid of her life, lest the report should spread concerning her. And she rose up and acted with cunning and put off the garments in which she was dressed, and she put on her other garments. And she took Yosef's garment, and she laid it beside her, and she went and seated herself in the place where she had sat in her illness before the people of her house had gone out to the river. And she called a young lad who was then in the house, and she ordered him to call the people of the house to her. And when she saw them, she said unto them with a loud voice and lamentation, See what a, Hebrew, what a Hebrew your master has brought to me in the house, for he came this day to lie with me. For when you had gone out, he came to the house, and seeing that there was no person in the house, he came unto me and caught hold of me with intent to lie with me. And I seized his garments and tore them and called out against him with a loud voice. And when I had lifted up my voice, he was afraid of his life and left his garment before me and fled. And the people of her house spoke nothing, but their wrath was very much kindled against Yosef. And they went to his master and told him the words of his wife. Potiphar came home and raged, and his wife cried out to him, saying, What is this thing that you have done to me in bringing a Hebrew servant into my house? For he came unto me this day to sport with me, and thus did he do unto me this day. And Potiphar heard the words of his wife, and he ordered Yosef to be punished with severe stripes, and they did so to him. And whilst they were smiting him, Yosef called out with a loud voice, and he lifted up his eyes to heaven, and he said, O Yahweh Elohim, you know that I am innocent of all these things, and why shall I die this day through falsehood by the hand of these uncircumcised wicked men whom you know? Whom you know? And while Potiphar's men were beating Yosef, he continued to cry out and weep. And there was a child there, eleven months old, and Yahweh opened the mouth of the child. And he spake these words before Potiphar's men, who were smiting Yosef, saying, what do you want of this man, and why do you do this evil unto him? My mother speaks falsely and utters lies. Thus was the transaction. And the child told him accurately all that happened, and all the words of Zelika to Joseph day after day did he declare unto them. And all the men heard the words of the child, and they wondered greatly at the child's words. And the child ceased to speak and became still. And Potiphar was very much ashamed at the words of his son, and he commanded his men not to beat Joseph any more, and the men ceased beating Joseph. And Potiphar took Yosef and ordered him to be brought to justice before the priests who were judges belonging to the king in order to judge him concerning this affair. And Potiphar and Joseph came before the priests who were at the king's who were the king's judges, and he said unto them, Decide, I pray you, what judgment is due to a servant, for thus has he done. And the priests said unto Joseph, Why did you do this thing to your master? And Joseph answered them, saying, Not so, my, my, my masters. Thus was the matter. 
And Potiphar said unto Joseph, Surely I entrusted in your hands all that belonged to me, and I withheld nothing from you but my wife, and how could you do this evil? And Joseph answered, saying, Not so, my master. As Yahweh lives, and as your soul lives, my master, the word which you did hear from your wife is untrue, for thus was the affair this day. A year has elapsed to me since I have been in your house, and have you seen any iniquity in me, or anything which might cause you to demand my life? And the priest said unto Potiphar, Send, we pray you, and let them bring before us Joseph's torn garment, and let us see the tear in it. And if it shall be that the tear is in the front of the garment, then his face must have been opposite to her, and she must have caught hold of him to come to her, and with deceit did thy wife do all that she had spoken. And they brought Joseph's garment before the priests, who were judges, and they saw, and behold, the tear was in the front of Joseph, and all the judging priests knew that she had pressed him. And they said, The judgment of death is not due to this slave, for he has done nothing. But his judgment is that he be placed in the prison house on account of the report which through him has gone forth against your wife. So basically, they're trying to protect Potiphar, Potiphar's wife. They're going to be like, you know, if this gets out about your wife, you know, it's over for her. So he uh, he had to be in prison here for, for that sake. And Potiphar heard their words, and he placed him in the prison house, the place where the king's prisoners are confined. And Joseph was in the house of confinement 12 years. 12 years. And notwithstanding this, his master's wife did not turn from him, and she did not cease from speaking to him day after day to hearken to her. And at the end of three months, Zelica continued going to Joseph to the house of confinement day by day, and she enticed him to hearken to her. And Zelica said to Joseph, How long will you remain in this house? But hearken now to my voice, and I will bring you out of this house. And Joseph answered her, saying, It is better for me to remain in this house than to hearken to your words, to sin against Elohim. And she said unto him, If you will not perform my wish, I will pluck out your eyes and add fetters to your feet, and will deliver you into the hands of them who you did not know before. And Joseph answered her and said, Behold, the Elohim of the whole earth is able to deliver me from all that you can do to me. For he opens the eyes of the blind and loose those that are bound and preserves all strangers who are unacquainted with the land. Uh, and just, oh, I guess we'll just read more. Yeah. And when Zelika was unable to persuade Yosef to hearken to her, she left off going to entice him. And Yosef was still confined in the house of confinement. And Jacob, the father of Yosef, and all his brethren who were in the land of Canaan still mourned and wept in those days on account of Yosef. For Jacob refused to be comforted for his son Yosef. And Jacob cried out aloud and wept and mourned all those days. Okay. Um, where are we at here? Yeah. So. We're at chapter 40. Last chapter. And we're going to be finished. Genesis 40. And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Mitzrayim and his baker had offended their master, the king of Mitzrayim. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison house, the place where Yosef was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Yosef with them and he served them and they continued to season in ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of the Mitzrayim, which were bound in the prison. And Yosef came in unto them in the morning, and he looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his master's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream. 
and there is no interpreter of it. And Yosef said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to Elohim? Tell me them, I pray you. And this is so true. So, so true. And the chief butler told his dream to Yosef and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Yosef said unto him, This is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up your head, and restore you unto your place, and you shall deliver Pharaoh's cup in his, into his hand, after the former manner when you were his butler. But think on me, when it shall be well with you, and show kindness, I pray you unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. And here, of all of Joseph's life, I think here was one slip-up. Just one. Just one. And we'll talk about it more in a second. For indeed, I was stolen. So he, here he's trusting in man. Like, here, put in a good word for, for Pharaoh. Get me out of here. And let me not take anything away from Yosef. Here he is in prison for 12 years, right? And just, I mean, even Zelika was coming to him in prison. was like, if you just lie with me, I'll get you out of here. But if not, I'll kill you. And he's like, nope. I'm trusting in Yah. I'm going to trust in Yah's ways. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto El-Yosef, I was also in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket there was all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh, and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Yosef answered and said, This is the interpretation of it. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up your head from off of you, and shall hang you on a tree, and the birds shall eat your flesh from off of you. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler, and the chief baker, and the chief, uh, I'm sorry. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler, and of the chief baker among his servants, and he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. So let's read uh, Jasher 45, and we'll see why not. Why, why the chief baker didn't do this, or the chief butler didn't do this. Uh, 46, not 45. I'm like this is definitely, that's definitely not the right verse. 46, verse 15. In those days the queen was about to be delivered, and upon that day she bare a son unto the king of Egypt. And they proclaimed that the king had gotten his firstborn son, and all the people of Egypt together with the officers and servants of Pharaoh rejoiced greatly. And upon the third day of his birth, Pharaoh made a feast for his officers and servants, for the hosts of the land of Zoar and of the land of Egypt. And all the people of Egypt and the servants of Pharaoh came to eat and drink with the king at the feast of his son, and to rejoice at the king's rejoicing. And all the officers of the king and of his servants were rejoicing at that time for eight days at the feast. And they made merry with all sorts of musical instruments, with timbrels, and with dances in the king's house for eight days. And the butler to whom Yosef had interpreted his dream forgot Yosef, and he did not mention him to the king as he had promised. For this thing was from Yahuwah in order to punish Yosef because he had trusted in man. 
And Yosef remained after this in the prison house two years until he had completed 12 years. So it was at 10 years this happened. And he was trusting in man to get him out. And uh, he had to serve two more years. So we know, we learn from this, that we trust in Yah and not in man whatsoever for our deliverance. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10. Thus says Yahuwah, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm and whose heart departs from Yahuwah. And this is not this is not talking about Yosef because Yosef obviously was trusting in Yah overall. It was just this one, he saw this one opportunity like, hey, maybe you can get me out of here. For he shall be like the heath in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness and a salt land and not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusts in Yahuwah and whose hope Yahuwah is, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreads out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat comes, but her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall it cease from yielding fruit. So we saw earlier the one who meditates day and night in the Torah, is like a tree planted by the waters, and shall prosper from everything, prosper in everything. And we see also the one who trusts in Yahuwah. And honestly, we show our trust in in him by walking in his ways. But even in times of peril and affliction, we should never forget that Yah will be our deliverer, not man. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, Yahweh, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his goings. Doings. Psalm 125, verse 1. They that trust in Yahweh shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides forever. Now, we're going to finish up with Sirach 2 and we're done with our Torah portion today. Just to remind us, in our times of trial and affliction, this is where we have to trust Him the most. I have a small little story I want to share with you. It's, it's kind of a silly story, but I just want to share with you today. I want to share with It happened actually early this morning. My son, if you come forward to serve Yahuwah, prepare yourself for temptation or trial or testing set your heart right and be steadfast and do not be hasty in time of calamity cleave to him and do not depart that you may be honored at the end of your life just like job just like yosef even though many years of suffering and affliction look at the end of their life look at how yah blessed them accept whatever is brought upon you and in changes that humble you be patient and yosef certainly was there was this small little thing here where he was like the butler help me but overall, he trusted in Yah. He could have given in to Zelika many times over, over that period of time. But he wouldn't do it. He would not transgress Yah. So let me just read this again. And this, this could totally apply to any of us out here right now. Accept whatever is brought upon you, and in changes that humbly you be patient. For gold is tested in the fire, and acceptable men in the furnace of humiliation. Trust in him, and he will help you. Make your way straight and hope in him. You who fear Yahuwah, wait for his mercy and turn not aside lest you fail. You fall. You who fear Yahuwah, trust in him and your reward will not fail. You who fear Yahuwah, hope for good things, for everlasting joy and mercy. Consider the ancient generations and see whoever trusted in Yahuwah and was put to shame, or whoever persevered in the fear of Yahuwah and was forsaken, or whoever called upon him and was overlooked. For Yahuwah is compassionate and merciful. He forgives sins and saves in times of affliction. Joseph is such a good example for this. We should all strive to be like Joseph, covering his brother's sins, not even not even putting any blame to them, covering their sins, being patient, 
waiting for Yah to deliver. Woe to timid hearts in the slack hands and the sinner who walks along two ways. Woe to the faint heart, for it has no trust. Therefore it will not be sheltered. Woe to you who have lost your endurance. What will you do when Yahweh punishes you? Those who fear Yahweh will not disobey his words, and those who love him will keep his ways. Those who fear Yahweh will seek his approval, and those who love him will be filled with the Torah. Those who fear Yahweh will prepare their hearts and will humble themselves before him. Let us fall into the hands of Yahweh, but not into the hands of men, for as his majesty is, so also is his mercy. So, interesting morning. Um, a lot of you know, I live in southwest Missouri, and we had that, uh, or it's still going on right now, uh, the, that incredibly cold front. Um, I think it was, it's been like negative, with the wind chill factor, like negative 30s or something like that. Anyways, this morning, uh, I went to take uh, uh, my wife and children to, we call it the Shabbat station. That's where we, uh, to where we do Shabbat while I uh, was recording this Torah portion. Anyways, um, I went out and started the vehicle, like, I don't know, maybe like 45 minutes before we had to leave, maybe 30 minutes because I needed to warm up. It's a, uh, it's a diesel. Um, and uh, it just needed to warm up. And uh, we drove it, and we ha- we have this steep hill that we have to climb before we get to the main road. And it was like giving out on this steep hill. I'm like, oh no, oh no, 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 what's going on here? I'm like, maybe it's just too cold. I don't know. I let it warm up for, anyways. So it finally gets over the hill, and we get on the main road, and it just like putters out. I'm like, no, uh oh. It's a two-way road. It's a 55-mile-an-hour two-way road. I'm like, no, 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 no. Anyways, so we're able to at least just get off to the side. And uh, it's so funny because I, I I pop the hood. And I'm like thinking to myself, what am I going to do? I'm not a mechanic. But I'm like, maybe I'll just pop the hood make sure something just didn't like explode or something. and Whatever. So I pop the hood. I'm like, what am I even, even going to do? I'm no, I'm no mechanic. We stopped. We prayed. Shut the hood, got back inside, started the car, and it just went like nothing was wrong. I'm like, okay, that was really weird, but praise yeah. It was just a good moment to just show, show the kids. I was like, you know, hey, children, do you see how the truck just broke down and didn't work? Do you see how we just prayed to Yah and it just started working again? And they're like, yeah. So it was just ex- it was exciting. So it, it's a very small test and trial, um, but. Even in the midst of whatever is going on, stop, pray, and ask your deliverer to deliver you. And he will, even if it's not in the way that you thought it would be. Anyways, just a reminder, um, Pesach is coming. Um, We're going to be camping in Lebanon, Missouri from April 3rd to April 12th. So mark your calendars. We'll have the signups soon. I don't want to overpromise another. Maybe in the next few weeks, I'll have the signups, um, the registration. Would love for you to come and do Passover for with us. We literally camp out for like eight days, so we do it the, during the entire thing. If you can't come during the entire thing, no problem. Come for you know a weekend or whatever you can do. We'd love to have you. Um, bring your camper, bring your tent, uh, or or sleep in uh, your van. Whatever. We have a great time. We've been doing it the last couple of years, and we've had an amazing time. And uh, it's a uh, beautiful campground. It's like 285 acres, private, all to ourselves, right on the river. We do baptisms there. Uh, we do the Feast of Passover, Unleavened Bread. We have Unleavened Bread um, available at all times there. Uh, we do live scripture readings and studies. And 
do arts and crafts for the kids. It's just, it's been some of the best times of my life ever. And uh, hope to see you there. I'll uh, give you more information as we get a little closer. So with that, brothers and sisters, let's pray. Father, yeah, we just come before you and we just thank you so much, Father, for your word. It's nourishment to our souls. And we thank you for amazing men way before us, like Jacob, like Yosef. And uh, Father, we just pray that we can just trust in you in our times of trial and that you would rescue us, Father, by the name of Messiah, Husha, whom we love and exalt and want to follow with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And we just thank you, oh yeah. Thank you for your Torah. Thank you for your ways. Thank you for this Shabbat. Thank you for this rest. And we're just so looking forward to Pesach. We're Passover. We're so looking forward to being with you forever. And we just bless you and, and ask that you'd be with us and strengthen us in our trials and our adversities, Father. And um, just pray that everyone that uh, was listening today, that they would um, they would prosper in whatever occupation they're in, that they would do it with all their heart, soul, and mind to be a good example at work, to be a light, and that you'd prosper them, Father. And we just bless you in Yahushua's mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Shabbat Shalom. We're going to do the song of Moshe together. How about that? Because if you're coming to Passover with us, you're gonna, we're going to be singing the song of Moshe quite a bit. And here we go. Some of you that are just are new haven't heard this. This has been like our anthem. Learn it. I sing to Yahuwah, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and he has become my deliverance. He is my El, and I praise him. Elohim of my Father And I exalt Him Yahuwah is a man of battle Yahuwah is His name He has cast Pharaoh's chariots And his army into the sea and his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has become great in power. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has crushed the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you pulled down those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the wind of your nostrils, the waters were heaped up The floods stood like a wall The depths became stiff In the heart of the sea The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake I divide the spoil My being is satisfied on them 
I draw out my sword, my hand destroys them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you? Oh, Yahuwah, among the mighty ones. Who is like you, great in Kodeshah, awesome in praises, Working wonders, you stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your kindness, you led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you guided them to your Kodesh dwelling. Peoples heard, they trembled, anguish Inhabitants of Pelasheth, then the chiefs of Edom were troubled. The mighty men of Moab, trembling grips them. All the inhabitants of Canaan melted. Fear and dread fell on them by the greatness of your arm. They are as silent as a stone. Until your people pass over, oh Yahuwah. Until the people whom you have bought pass over. You bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, oh Yahuwah. Which you have made for your own dwelling, the meek dash, O Yahuwah, which your hands have prepared. Yahuwah reigns forever and ever. Yeah. 
upon you. 